Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia, and this is not my mother. This is my aunt, Nita. Hey, Nita. How's it going? Hi. Hi. All right. Nita here. Yeah, so we're going to do an episode um, really focused on my father for Father's Day. Um, we have some stuff, some topics, and we'll take it from there. Uh, first, I want to thank you, Anita, for really coming in and, and helping me out. And um, I would say I'm that- so excited to do this. I'm so excited. I because Father's Day, it's, it's such an important day. Um, and of course, I miss my father, but I also think of my brother because he gave me 10 wonderful kids and I appreciate that. So thank you. No worries. No worries. Um, one of the things I want to talk about with, with my dad is that I, I, unfortunately, there were some stuff I knew about him and some stuff like as the way people go, like I didn't. Um, mm -hmm. I really didn't. Uh, yeah, he was so busy taking care of a family and running a household that I think like most people, they kind of forget themselves to forget what they've done. Um, so I, I want to try to fill in some blanks here. Um, so one of the main things I want to ask you was what kind of, what kind of hobbies, uh, did he have? He loved models, um, airplane models, boat models, car models. His favorite car was the Thunderbird. I want you to know that he loved the Thunderbird. And I maybe he was like nine or 10 years old when he was really into doing all the models, you know? And I remember we were driving in our station wagon and he would see a Thunderbird and it was like, his eyes would light up and it's like the Thunderbird. That was like his dream car. It, it, it's funny you mentioned that because there was this Thunderbird that's been driving around up until I think maybe last year, some woman near me would have like this Thunderbird. He would, and I remember my dad always pointing it out to me. So that's really? funny. Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned that. That's that's really really cute. That that was his favorite car, and it was like this weird color, like that Pontiac Thunderbird, like teal blue ish yes. color, like that. Yes, really that was the same weird one. color. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's, that's funny. the one that he loved. That was the one he loved. Yes, that's so funny because yeah, that was the one he always used to point out to me, and the woman used to write down my block. Would be driving it. I don't know what happened to her. I think she passed away or something like that. Oh, does she? Is the car still around? Maybe you could buy. It. I, I, I love, love those vintage. Oh, same. Same. Yeah, I love it. Um, but so did he? Did he collect anything then? Did he have any hobbies of collecting? Did he have? Because I know he used to collect bottles and cans. He used to have some bottle and can collections. Yeah, bizarre things. But I'll tell you what he had was a really big Playboy magazine collection. Oh yes, I remember the story. And he had a really big collection, but then when he became from, when he became more religious, um, he threw them all away. Yes. They would be worth a flipping fortune. But, you know, that was his big thing was those, the Playboy magazines, Mad Magazine was another big one that he collected, Mad Magazine. And he, and I have some of his, um, the magazines like from the original Earth Day, from the whole Earth catalog, I mean, and posters. This is like when he was in college, 
He was really got into the Student for Democratic Society, the SDS movement, and um, a lot of his philosophies were encased in that. Um, even though we would have these conversations and even though it could never be, but he did dream for a perfect society. Yeah, totalitarian environment. I get it. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's, it's funny because I, I know he used to collect and I was going through a lot of his old stuff when he moved out of the house. Um, and some of the things he had were in mint condition. Others, they weren't so mint. And I looked into the pricing and whatnot. And like some stuff was technically worth a lot, but though there was no market for it. Like I had right. I was sitting on this old bottle of mouthwash still in its container from the 1950s. 40s, I think. And it was worth technically 200 bucks. And I was sitting on it and sitting on it and sitting on it. And there's tons of junk that's just accumulating. But I brought it to some collectors and they're like, there's no market for it now. We're not interested. And I just like had yeah. to just, unfortunately, I, I had to chuck you throw, some stuff. You, you got to just throw stuff away. I yeah. mean, but he he did um, collect because we, we worked down the drugstores, we would get some really bizarre things. And I have, in fact, I have from my grandmother, my mother's mother's house, this little thing of saccharin. They would do those little tablets, still in the original little bottle. Oh, wow. It's not worth anything, but it was like something stupid that I have, whatever. But from your dad, his, um, his moods, his thoughts, um, I think being the one of boy among four girls was a challenge for him. And can I just jump in? I mean, yeah, jump I in. We're, we, we, okay. I have some stuff I want to make sure we hit, but jump right okay. in. We got like maybe because, 36 but, minutes. Okay. So the most important thing was that this is from my perspective. You've got to understand. Yeah. I wish my father had taken more time to get to know him. And to really support him. But my father didn't know how to be a father. Based on the conversations and things I found about my father's relationship with his father. Yeah. So it's really one of those domino effects. And my parents were busy making a living and everything. So they didn't have that psychological insight, you know, to do certain things. But I remember at one point, I think he was in, maybe he was in seventh or eighth grade, maybe because I think it was junior high. Um, my parents were thinking of sending him to military school. Oh, wow. And that was a really um, important decision. And they were looking into it because he wasn't getting the male role model from according to doctors and whatever. And just to remove him from the sisters and, and getting him into a male environment. And they seriously considered military school. And there was one in Virginia, but then they ended up not doing it. Um, I I don't know why, but they ended up not doing it. But I know he did not really want to go. Um, but you would, you know, talking about was he a good student? It's like, he studied what he wanted to study and didn't bother with what he didn't want. Yeah. And it's, I think he, he was 
he had a very sensitive soul and his essence was like, he was a writer, what he really wanted to do. I mean, he was more of a philosopher and a writer. Um, my father wanted him to go to pharmacy school because if you go to pharmacy school, then I'll give you the pharmacy. But he just wanted to run the business. And truthfully, he didn't have to go to pharmacy school. My dad could have just let him run the business, but he didn't. And um, so he was a good businessman, but he was not the best student academia, like in school setting. That was just not his thing. Um, he and I would talk about all different kinds of um, philosophies. He would introduce me to all different kinds of books and he turned me on to Immanuel Kant and the philosopher and um what was his name oh geez what was that oh I know I know, I know you're talking about I know you're talking about um but he's a com he's a quoted to me all the time the the meeting is the massage the what's his name oh, Marshall McLuhan the medium thank is you the Marshall message. yes 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 Marshall yes. McLuhan the medium is the message yeah. and he had insights and thoughts that were way ahead of his time and I, I really think that if he could, he would have been a professor. That's, that's, he would have wanted to be like um, a writer, a professor. That was more in keeping with his personality, with yeah. what he really wanted to do. And he could do business and he was a good businessman. But I think the most important thing he was lacking growing up was the respect of my father. And that's a very hard thing for me to say. Um, and I, I do not say disparagingly against my father because everybody has their own little craziness to deal with. Yeah. But I think the hardest part was, you know, he needed my father to be there and he wasn't. Yeah. And um, the respect of my father, the love of my father is the one thing I think he always craved. And I don't feel he ever believed he got. If that makes sense. I, I honestly, I can't argue too much. Like, cause my under my understanding, not even experience, because unfortunately I don't really have that like bond with my grandfather. Like I, mm -hmm. I couldn't really get there. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there was some moments growing up. I understand that like, parents might be better grandparents than parents yeah and yeah. and when you have those moments and you and a, 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 a child that's been through something sees their parent become a better grandparent they might overreact or react differently than they are supposed to and there were moments that i've i understood where because of my grandfather showing affection towards my uh, older brother there was some frustrations that my father had mm -hmm. and it's like, why couldn't you give that to me? Yeah. He never said it to me. He never said it to me, but I'm just, yeah, thinking. no, it's, 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 it's psychology. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why, why couldn't you show that affection to me? And when you think about um, whose opinion did he care most about? It was, I think, gaining my father's, his father's um, respect and, and love and, that didn't happen the way he needed it to happen. And I think that put 
when he graduated college and my father said, well, go to pharmacy school when you'll work for me and blah, 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 blah. And then when my father, he didn't get into pharmacy school. And at that point, I'm trying to remember the timeline, but then he, um, my father said, well, he was selling the business because he was yeah. ready to retire. And instead of offering it to my brother and running it, he he just sold it. And I heard, I heard something differently, and you could tell me if I'm wrong. That he, he this is from my, what my dad said when my father wanted to get the business from my grandfather. My grandfather looked at him and says, "Do you have two hundred thousand dollars?" And I never knew that. See, that's Maybe. that's what my dad said. And then in my head, as I like. Got older, I'm like, so take out a freaking loan, get a right. low interest right. loan, and just go for right. it. Right. But I go think I think I think there was too I think my dad understood too much of risk. And then I think that's where's the frustration where you had that moment where you had that risk taking risk factor. And if it wasn't like 50, 60 percent lack of risk, he wasn't gonna well, by jump. that time he did he have he had I think Etta and Etta and Khani were already born yet, right? Yeah, Etta yeah, Khani, I think Yehuda, and I think Rami as well. So that's why I'm saying, like, I think he would have done well in as a professor, as a philosopher. Yeah. He was not a risk taker. No. Like if some, if, if Pop had come to Yehuda and said, here, you can have the business for 200,000, Yehuda would say, I'm right there. I'm going to take it. Yeah. It yeah. Out. You'd be like, you know? let, me, let me take it alone. Let's make it happen. Let's right, do this. Right. Right. So, but I, my brother was not a risk taker. And yeah. I'll tell you some, can I share some stories like from when we were little? Yes, sure. It was through your dad. We would, in, on Saxony Court. So we would play Robin Hood and Lady Marion. Of course, I was Lady Marion. <laughs> and that was great. And when we're running through the Glen, there was um, a, a show, Robin Hood, Robin Hood, riding through the Glens. Yeah. It was like with his merry men. And we would take sticks and we would go running. And that was great. It was just like a lot of fun. He had this, this spirit, I think, that life squashed out of him. And that yeah. to me is the hardest thing when I when I look at people. And I, and they're, you know, they get to be my age and they're so angry and they're so sad. It's like, who squashed that spirit out of you? I, I think you it's, your, I think it's themselves. Uh, Cause I'm, yeah. I'm now, I'm, I'm now like, all, technically I can say I'm almost 40, but I'm, I'm older, but I don't feel older. And I think a lot of it has to do with, I guess, different stresses I avoided and some stresses I did go through. But yeah. trying not to let it ruin my your life, my, exactly. Um, your spirit, your spirit. Because that, that's the thing. Like, like, what exactly was Tati passionate about? What was he really interested in? He loved um, Indians. We shared that passion of Indians, and you know the um, the box tops the. When we were little, so we would eat that cereal that the box tops here, like it was either sugar post or sugar crisp. And they would have the box tops, the, the box backs of the Indians. He saved them. 
And when my mother broke up housekeeping and he had left them there, I took them and I had them preserved and I've had them framed. Wait a minute, I'll show you on my phone. Oh, no way. Because I, yep, yep, let me show you. I've got them and sure they're hanging on my wall. They're hanging That's in my awesome. wall. Because, and a lot of the posters and things, it's like, I have them. I, okay. So first of all, these are the, I don't know, can you see this? Can I? I really can barely you? see them. Okay. okay. These are the Earth the Earth Day posters okay. that were really your dad's that I saved, I preserved, and um, matted and framed. Nice. So the other, I, mean, I want to find that. The cereal, because that's what no I'm, worries, no worries. You could look for it. Okay. Um, can you look for it and then respond? And, to, uh, while I'm talking, absolutely. Ask okay. me some more questions. So, what was one of his most prized possessions? When he was little, it was those those models, the model cars, and really? you couldn't touch them. Yeah, because he would have the little paints lined up, and and don't touch it, don't mess with it. It's like that was important to him um but he didn't you know he enjoyed collecting certain things but he didn't value material things you wouldn't think of it like that i, I know what Does you're that talking make about sense? that makes sense no it's no he was, like, yeah. yeah it didn't matter to him but there was particulars because of what what the effort and time and focus was used on would give it its value. But yep. if you ask him personally, do you care about those things? He would say no. No. And that's where, and like, he he, you're right. He, that's why he was a very layered and sometimes complicated guy, where, like, he'd have, like, say one thing, do another kind of situation. And, you know, because I keep thinking of, he, he would get me small models and I would work on small models and yada, yada, yada. And now I'm an architect. So, like, it kind of yep. works. See? It works that way. And that's where it's just like, you know, you, you want to have a passion to lead into a good, a great accomplishment. And I think in my dad, and like, I think if I asked him what's his greatest accomplishment, I think he would say, you know, us as his children would be his greatest accomplishment. Yes. And that's what I was going to tell you, you know, and I just sent you a picture of the wall that I have all my um, yes. posters and things. And the one below it, you'll see like that the seven different yeah. facts from the cereal and that enlarged that. And that's the Indians that I was talking about. Oh, cool. I'm taking a look right now. Um, but it's like, he, you know, there were times I think he was just so sad because he felt so out of place. And a lot of growing up, like the first one that gives you the confidence or your, should be your parents. And your siblings. And so my sisters and I would be together. But like he was like off by himself. Yeah. And then he would go with my father to work. And when he went away to college, he made some wonderful friends. That guy, Mark. Well, Chuck, you know, Chuck Bernstein. So that was yeah. his friend. And Jory Newman. And in college, it was Mark. And he he really got to know himself and see the possibilities of what he could do. Yeah. And that's where 
he did get into the whole political movement of the SDS and he talked to me about it. And that's where his love of music and he shared, he did like um, the Moody Blues. Yes. Yeah. Freedom's Clearwater. Yeah, Creedence Clearwater, CCR. Corner. Yep. Now they're yep. in the street. Yeah. The band. Yeah. And the band. Um, the Who. And also <laughs> The Who, Fever Tree. The group is called Fever Tree. Fever Tree. Okay. Fever Tree. And I was in, I think I was in, I had to be a junior or a senior because I remember for gym class, we had dance and we had a, like the girls were all like, they would have to do a dance and do something together. But I was by myself. So I took the song from Fever Tree. It was called Evergreen. Mm -hmm. And I did a dance to it. But the the band, uh, the the band was called Fever Tree, and the album was like this dark blue, and it had Fever Tree, and then it had like this prism on the cover. Um, I don't know. Do you still have? Do you have that album or no? Uh, no, I, my, it might be my my other sister. My sister um, from me took like half of them, and I got the other half. So she might okay, have. So it. she might have it. She might have it. But um, the that band was amazing because he was always exploring and. You know, he's the one who talked to me about um, Earth Day and he got me, it's like Earth Day was first, not about Earth, but it was about zero population growth, the ZPG. Oh, the irony and of that first, statement. <laughs> I know. So the the whole, yeah, he's got 10 kids. Um, but the whole idea of it was to get Roe versus Wade mm. passed. After Roe versus Wade passed, then it all became about Earth Day and saving the Earth and all that. So the other one, I'll send you this other two posters that I have. Yeah, that were the Earth Day. So you got that one. Let me get yeah. the other one. What What would you um, think? Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. Ask me. Ask me more. What would you think would be his was be his best childhood and maybe teenage memory? Our dog Happy. Oh my he gosh, you're right. I forgot Happy. about that. Yes. Happy. Yes. He loved. Oh, that's a terrible he story. Loved Happy. And then she got killed by, by the, the robber. robber across yeah. the street. Yep. And he did, did he find her? Did he find Happy? Yes. Yes. Oh. In, the, in the in the bushes there. Oh, I thought it was in the gutter. And, well, I thought I don't know. I know me. he found, but I remember he was killed. He was. They killed him. Yeah. They killed the dog. Yeah, they killed the dog. His his favorite dog. And and he loved loved that dog, and we didn't get another dog. We did not. Mm. We got you know an alarm system instead. Oh gosh! But I I think you know his his memories. Okay, when we would go on vacations, this is we were living still on Norfolk Avenue, and some when we were on Saxon Court, we would do summer vacations, but we would take day trips and doing different things. And we would go to forts and that your father got me interested in history too, because he would love to, we would go to forts. We went to Fort McHenry, but we went to Gettysburg. We went to all the forts, like within a driving distance of Baltimore. And every day we'd go to a different fort and I loved it. And to this day, I'm still a history buff and I love all about um, this country and the forts. And when we went to Fort McHenry and I remember walking around and he would, there's so much that he would remember and that he knew. 
and he would share. Um, and maybe he was like, it wasn't even his bar mitzvah yet. It was like, maybe he was 11 or 12, like that. But yeah. he loved forts. He loved forts too. Was there a skill he ever wanted to learn that never got around to doing? I think he always wanted to write a book. Oh yeah. He loved to write. And I I think he had the passion and he had I think that was something that he would really want to do. Um I don't know if between Etta and you and for me, I don't know where any of his old writings are. Etty has all most of the writings, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I have maybe one or two pieces. Um, you should go there and, and read them and take them. The problem is, is that his handwriting wasn't the best. I know. <laughs> I, know, I, I, I know. That's why, like, I here's the thing. The reason why I don't have them is because I tried. I went through them and I tried to put things together. And I'm like, okay. this doesn't make any sense. These words that I'm figuring out, like, it just I couldn't read it, and so it was unfortunate. So I gave them to Etsy. I couldn't. Uh, yeah. But he. Um, but remember when I after he passed and I got you all the copy of the Little Prince. Yes, I read the whole thing. Because when I was talking to him about it, and, he, and I would say, well, it's a book about philosophy and blah, blah, blah. He says, no, it's a love story between the prince and the rose. And that's, you know, that was who your father was. He was, I think by the time he married your mom, there was a part of him that was already burnt out. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, did he did he get burned by I guess other other women or just in general? Oh, really? And in general, and it was just like so he had been when he met this young woman Trina when he was in college, mm -hmm. and she was Catholic. Oh wow! And then you know her family didn't like him. He was Jewish, blah blah blah. And then it was like then he became more Jewish, and it was just like I think the religion was giving him the structure. And I think thinking back to military school, that would have provided the structure. Yeah. Okay. He needed that type of structure and religion provided that structure for him that he needed. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I think that's what everyone would talk about when we were growing up was that his experience and, and, and becoming religious through Chabad and having a structure of what needs to be done every day. Right. Like he yep. would military wise, he would get up at Five five o'clock, five thirty in the morning. He'd be downstairs learning Tanya. Then by like six fifteen, he'd be at shul. Six thirty, he'd start chakras. Seven thirty, he's out and about. Comes back, finishes work. He'd be making sure he got all the things taken care of. You know, just yeah, military wise. In that way, he was very military. He liked things organized. Yeah, you know, he liked order. The order, the order, the order, and I think. You know, as when we were, were younger and his room was, I just remember his room was so neat. I was a bit of a slob, honestly, you know, yeah. like, eh, throw it here, throw it there. And I shared a room with Aunt Gwenny and then she would get mad at me. So every couple of weeks she would say, mom, so I would have to go and clean <laughs> up the room. But um, his room was so orderly and so neat and it was very impressive. Do you Very think he was? Do you think he was a little autistic? Yes. Okay. Good. So it's not just I me. Think, no. No. And I don't want to say that bit, but it's like no, not a negative way. Just like I right. understand like mental health and learning skills. my experience. Right. Like right. it just kind of adds up. Right. It's like 
I, I don't know if it was autism, but I think that there was something that was lacking that in his relatability, relatability yes. to other people that he had challenged. If growing up today, they would have figured it out and been yeah. fine, you know, but he just, I think he needed more time, love and affection from my parents and they didn't have it. They didn't yeah. have time. No. You know, that was their mode. And I could get it from my sisters. I had a large circle of friends growing up. I have fewer now. <laughs> it's, it's totally different life now. But like growing up, I did have a, a large group of friends and everything. And I was always out and about and always had boyfriends. So I was kind of removed from his world. Does that make sense? Because no, I, I had my own friends, and yeah, um, I guess. So I guess whose opinion did he really care about? It seems like he wanted my father, my grandfather's affection. Couldn't find it from anyone else. Did he have like a teacher or like other older people? Nope. And that's the sad part. And I am a big believer that it does take a village. I don't like Hillary Clinton, but it does take a village. Yeah. And I think that. You know, that's why I really wanted to be there for all of you mm -hmm. growing up, because I just think it's so important to be there and to be present and to whether or not, you know, you don't have to talk to them every day, but just to be there for those that you really love yeah. and know that you they that you are there for them if they need you. Yeah. You need to call me. Like Ezra out of the blue would say, hey, Bubby, can you take me fishing tomorrow? Yeah. Ashley will say, hey, can I sleep over? They're both at camp now, so yeah. it's all good for a couple of weeks. But <laughs> I think it's important to really be there. And I think that was what your father needed. And he didn't get it. Yeah. And over time, if you just... Okay, so... Think of it as like this little stone. Yeah. And it kind of like it's surrounded by all these other stones, but it's not touching any of the other stones. And then it gets washed and pulled back by the ocean. And before you know it, that little stone is itself in the ocean waves. And and I I think that is your father was too far lost to really try to reconnect. Mm -hmm. And that's what breaks my heart. That's why there were a couple times that we spoke. Um, I, I, I know I wasn't living in Baltimore. I was living in either Dallas or Nashville or somewhere. And he was so sad. I don't know if, I, well, and he wanted to, he says, there are times needs. I just want to take my car and drive into a tree and nobody will care. And I said, what do you mean? And he was just so overwhelmed with life. And i that's the hardest part. I don't know if this is the direction you want to take the podcast. No, no whatever. Look, something take the wheel. That's, that, that's, you know, that sticks in my head. Um, Because I feel like life just beat him down. And he had nowhere to go. Yeah. And I... 
I know that he wanted more and he wanted to do more. And he wanted my father to give him the house, you know, their house. Yeah. But they should have. I mean, I wouldn't have cared, whatever. But that was not my decision to do, yes or no, whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, but he just, I know he wanted so much more for you and the kids and, and your siblings. Yeah. He wanted to do so much more and he just didn't have the means to do it. Like when he bought that house where you're in now, yeah, he wanted to eventually buy a bigger house somewhere near the show, you know, la, 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 la. But that never happened. And yeah. I think when he finally bought that house down in Florida, that that was going to be great. He was so excited about yeah. that. Like, finally, this is <sighs> this is something that I can enjoy. And um, we talked about that. And I went down and, you know, tried to help for me and meet people there, get things fixed up and do all this stuff. And um, when he got sick after he retired, I mean, like that was that was the yeah. hardest. That was it's like there goes his dreams. So I know when you are, your father is watching over all of you, and I know he's trying to give you the support now that he couldn't give you when he was living. And when you feel a little something at the back of your neck, that is him. Mm -hmm. that I'm watching you really because yeah. he loved you all so much and he just didn't have the skills to do what he wanted to accomplish does that make sense yeah it does um it kind of we're running running a little late maybe we'll make this a part one and a part no uh maybe we'll make this a part one part two um I'll I'll have to see what what we want to do but um you know I I Seeing my father, I realized he was overwhelmed. I realized he had a lot on his plate. I noticed that he had a lot of things to do. And I did whatever I could to make him feel like, you know, he was enough. But that wasn't but really my job. That's though. not your job. That's, that was yeah. not your job. That's, that's not I, your job. But here's the thing when it comes to a child. A child doesn't understand that. A child just sees their parent in pain and they want to fix it. Yeah. That's why it's important for parents not to show their emotions too much around their children yeah. and to kind of yeah. have things put together. Because if you yeah. don't, then they're going to feel like they have to fix you, which is what like you can't you have to tell them no, because but they're children, right. they don't get it, they don't understand. And like, that's just how my life was, you know, like I had plenty of other things I needed to work out and talk to people about and whatnot. But it was no, just... but you're absolutely right. But he and he really did try. And I, I know in his heart how much he loved all of his children. And he's so proud of all of you and what you're accomplishing and who you are. I mean, that is his greatest source of pride was to see what all of you have accomplished and are accomplishing. Yeah. And he was just so proud, you know, of all of you. And it's, um, you know... My favorite childhood memory of him, you would capture 
a glimpse of joy. And maybe he was, we were living in Saxony. No, let's go back to Norfolk Avenue because <laughs> at night in the summer and we would catch lightning bugs and we would run around. It was way past dark, but who cared? Yeah. And that catching the lightning bugs and he showed me how to punch the holes in the lid and keep them alive for a little bit anyway. Yeah. But that running around in the summer, that was great. That was great. So what advice, I guess, would he give you? I know he you mentioned a few times, but like, was there anything that was go to or you could imagine his style of advice that he would give to any which problem or situation? Follow my heart. The same advice he never gave himself. Mm. But it's funny it he was, said that. Uh, he, you know, I think he had so much love in his heart. And I was kind of floundering, like I didn't know what job I wanted to do and blah, 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 when I finished college. And it was the kind of thing that just, you know, follow your heart and it'll come to you. Follow your heart. And that's, that was what the advice that he would give. And I think that was the advice he wanted to give himself. That yeah. was so hard, you know? Um, but he was great at being a businessman. He was great down my dad's store. I mean, he really, I know we all worked there. We joke about it from the time you're like nine years old, you worked down the store. We didn't have traditional summer vacations, whatever, you worked down the store. <laughs> but that was, it was important to learn. And it was an important part of life to working down that drugstore. It really was. But. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do a part two. Um, and then we'll put everything together, hopefully into one episode. All right. So I'll, that I'll reshoot it to you. Funny. All right. Okay. Awesome. Take care. Thanks so much, Sasha. Bye. All right. Okay. So when I was, I think I was 16 and maybe he was in his first year of college or something like that. Cause I remember I fixed him up with my friend from my sorority, Marsha Kirshner. Okay. And Marsha, um, she loved hanging out with our family because she loved big family. And she ended up having five children. So, Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard from her. I don't know if she's anyway, but we were all sitting around in the kitchen and he opens up the refrigerator and go, hands out a thing of lettuce and goes, let us leave. You know, mm -hmm. it was just, just the way he did it and um just once in a while he would just come up with these little puns and and things um but there was no real inside jokes or anything like that there's nothing really like that but every once in a while you get this spark from him and I think it was better when he got a little high. <laughs> That's just my take on it.
No, I get um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would there be any, I guess, because I, I, I know I've, I mentioned this to you offline, and I think I've spoken to my mom a little bit on the episode or whatnot, um, that there are certain songs that kind of remind me of my father. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, was there anything that reminds you of my father uh, in any sort? Well, the albums, like I share with your favorite tree, that one really reminds me of your dad and Credence. And 10 years after the album, it was called 10 Years After. Oh, yeah, um, I have the, that. Do you have Mountain? Do you have the one Mountain? No. That's another another one, Mountain. Because um, when he was there in his first couple years of college, and then he would come home with these albums, and it was like, Wow, he opened up my eyes to a whole new universe of of music that you know he was enjoying and sharing that, and I just love it. Um, the The summer we went to Atlantic City, and I was with my friend Cindy Newman. Your dad, I think, brought. Chuck, Chuck Bernstein, that was a really cool summer vacation. I mean, I don't think we went for more than like four or five days. You know, you go to the beach, we stayed at Atlantic City, and it was the La Concha Hotel. But it was, it was a lot of, a lot of fun. And I think that was one of the times I remember seeing him really happy. Like, I know he loved the beach. He did. He just like um, opened up. Like there was another spirit there that when he would be at the beach, and that's why when mom, when my parents had Ocean City, I'm surprised he didn't come down more. You know, I, I really don't know why. I think I do. I think I oh. do. I think what it was was when he became, I. I this is more of like like the, the the real basic answer, but I'm pretty sure my siblings would tell me some more in depth answer. But I would think it's more along lines of, you know, just busy with life. I mean, wasn't he at that at that point in time? Wasn't he still like? It, he it had was like seventy seven, seventy eight. Yeah, it was like they got the it. I remember one time they came down because I remember being with your mom on the beach. But I think, yeah, it's like, and he was already working like two jobs and. But, he burnt out. He was exhausted. Yeah. And he had no time. Yep. Yep. You know? Um, so that's why it's, I think what's important is to look at what your dreams are. Because the best way to honor your father, I think, would be to fulfill your dreams of what you really want to follow your heart to follow your passion you, you know what's funny it's like it took me a while to get to this place because i would have this thing of like i want to be the next star architect i want to be this i want to be that and really working hard in architecture really working hard and i'm not gonna say i'm not seeing the fruits of my labor but it's just like it's not the path i imagined myself going on mm-hmm 
And so what do you want to do? So honest, what, do what I really want to do, I want to do my job. I want to do architecture. But I really just want to have a family and just ride it out until I die. Like, it sounds odd and weird to say. but No, like... that's great. That's great. Because it's like, you don't have to be the, you know, a multi-billionaire architect, the next Frank Lloyd Wright or whatever. It's like, it's enjoying life. That's what it's all about. You know, it's, it's taking those moments. Well, I'll be honest with you. So I had a moment like a while ago when I lost my job and I was in the kosher supermarket here and I saw everyone getting ready for Shabbos and it just made me feel very happy and very excited that like if anything happens, the one consistency as Jews we have is Shabbos mm -hmm. and no matter what happens during the week, Shabbos, you're not supposed to talk about it. You're not supposed to discuss it. You're supposed to focus on the moment and live in the moment for the for those 25 hours. Mm -hmm. And it just made me very happy thinking of those times and thinking of those times on Shabbos when they were good with my, with my dad. You know, like he would walk us to shul when we were kids and we would play um, engine engine number nine. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, and when we were little, I remember playing. Oh, I didn't mean to. No, no. But outside my father's parents' house on Paul Mall Road, we would play one, two, three, red light. So all the kids like standing on one end, the other one standing on this end, and you got to run back and forth. Do you know that game, one, two, three, red light? Yeah. Yeah, we would play that one. And Rover, Red Rover, let Charles come over. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That, so we had that game, and that just reminded me. Yeah, so he would always yeah and i think having all the children that was his joy believe yeah. it i know there are times you may look back and think <laughs> why but that is you all of you were his joy that yeah. was where he got his joy you know and that was the dilemma because he wanted to do so much more for all of you so when you're thinking about your life you and ruthie how sweet i'd love i'd love to be there for the bris i'll be there i'll come up um <laughs> so you know have have your joy be an architect make a nice living so that you can enjoy your life go on a vacation go to the beach you know but you don't you have to be real with yourself being honest to yourself is so important yeah. Like what are your what you really want? Well, be, being honest with yourself it can be a, a double-edged sword because you might look too much into the mirror and not like what you see and then obsess over how much you don't like it and then start hating yourself. Yeah, but that's what what can you fix? Yeah, you know? well, that's like, well, that's what it is. It's like and that's the that's the other aspect of it. It's like, you know, okay, so I I go through my little thingies too, and it's like my my whole thing is I've got to be positive and I'm not going to surround myself with anybody who's negative. Yeah. And I had a client, I have a client and she sat in my car and I was driving her to see this thing and she starts getting negative. And I said, Maddie, I've got a new rule. There's no negative talking in my car. 
Yeah. But I'm new from New York and I'm a realist. I said, Matt, yeah. you've been in Atlanta 50 years. <laughs> you are a realist, but we can put a spin on that and make it positive. Yes. And and that's my whole thing. It's like, I've got to find a positive way to make this all work. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I know my parents, my mother especially wanted me to just be like this married woman and have you know and I always just wanted to be married and have children you know I actually I could picture myself with children but never pictured myself married so I think (laughs) that's kind of an interesting dilemma but it's like I you know being honest with myself I'm at a great point in my life I feel very blessed and very fortunate you know I get to go see my my grandkids when I want I go to any wedding in bar I feel bad that I didn't make it to Yosef's. I just could not do it. Ugh, I, I still feel bad about that one. It don't don't be, wedding. don't be, don't be, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. But I, I was there <laughs> for the engagement party, and I'm yeah. going to be there for Sterney's. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, my goal is to just being there to really be present with yeah. someone, yeah. and your dad. I just feel there was so much more he wanted out of life that he felt was not attainable. He felt it was beyond his reach. Does that make sense? Yes. And this, I think that's why I try so hard to be something so crazily impossible to reach. I want to be that star architect because I know how impossible it is. Just like, I feel like I'm accomplishing something like obtaining something. Don't you know you are accomplishing something every day? You are there for Ruthie. You are having a life that your father wants you to have, that your mother wants you to have. Yes. Just everyday life and joy. That is an accomplishment. I, I'm, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of that. Now, your material accomplishment and the career path, if you really want to be this gargantuan architect, you would do it, but I think you're where is your passion these days? What is your passion want? Honestly, yeah, that's, that's, honest would be good. Honestly, honestly, mm-hmm. just just my day-to-day life, my day-to-day Jewish life. It sounds odd, but I'm just very passionate no. about that. Like just it's nothing, it's nothing so over the top or go-getting. It's just that I enjoy waking up in the morning and doing what I need to do. Um, but see, don't you love, that was, your father was a lot like that. Yeah. He really was. You know, it was like, it was the day-to-day life and of sharing. And I I think he wanted more out of the marriage. I, th- I think the marriage was something, I don't think they were really, I don't know. I, I wasn't there in the corner. I don't know. But having that everyday moments of joy. It's yeah. not, it, it's the small things in life that matter. It is waking up next to someone you love and bringing her coffee. Cause you know that she can't get out of bed without it. I don't know. I'm making this up. It's like, yeah. I'm just saying, No, I get it. But it's like, if, if what you need to do is find a career path or job, that would allow you to enjoy the life you want. So as an architect, 
get a job where you know you can make a good living so that you can you and Ruthie can enjoy the things you want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, my main focus, I tell people when they ask, because people ask me all the time, like, what should I be when I grow up? What should I be as a career? Yada, yada. I'm like, if at the end of the day, you don't want to put a bolt in your head, you're doing a good job. Yes. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly it. And we all go through days where we do want to put that bullet in our head. I mean, there are days that are just like, it's a big WTF. Yeah. You know, there, there are days that are like that, but my passion, believe it or not, is writing. It's, it's writing. And I'm working on a historical novel now. Nice. And that's why I'm going out to Bozeman, Montana. Sweet. There was, there was a Jewish woman named Ida Levy who ran a brothel in Butte, Montana. And I'm doing research on her and I've contacted people and that's going to be my story. She left. Um, she was from either, I've heard conflicting reports, either New York or New Jersey, mm-hmm. middle-class family in the nineteen early 1900s. And she went to Butte, Montana. And there you go. And my story is going to I'm doing research on Jewish life, Jewish young adolescent women in that era and why they would go out West. And So out of curiosity, you mentioned a little bit, but where did you see my father, I guess, in me, in my siblings, you know, watching us grow up and, and mature? Each of you has a little piece of who I see as my father, as your father. Yeah. My father, there's a slip in the end for you. (laughs) Freudian slip there. Um, But we are, you know what? The more you resist, the more it persists. It is who it is. Yeah. And there's no getting around it. Like I look at Menachem and there's that gentle soul that I think my brother, if he was going to be a rabbi, that's the kind of person he would want to be. I look at Yehuda as that strong businessman. Like that's something that I think there's a little piece of my brother that, yeah, that's what he wanted to be. And all of your siblings, you each have a little bit of him every now and then. Even when we first started, I heard Yehuda's voice when you were talking and it sounded just like Yehuda to me. And then it's like, it's you all start to have that same inflections. Um, but I want you all to share the passion and love and that Yiddishkeit that I know my brother had, that your father had. But I do feel that he was a bit tormented in the last half of his life. Yeah. And that's what I want you to not carry on and yes and that's what i try to focus on avoiding and doing whatever i can to just stay away from that right because you know when you decided to keep the house that you're you know yeah that you grew up in my fear for you was that that negative energy would still carry through but I'm hoping that I can see how bright you cleaned it all up. I can kind oh, of yeah, yeah. I'll show you. You've never been here, have you? 
No, not since you've taken it over. Oh, no. You've got to come by to Baltimore. We're getting it totally fixed up and redone. I put lighting in, in the living room and all this stuff. I, I can't wait to see it. I can't yeah. wait. Can't wait. Yeah, no, I totally, I got rid of a bunch of stuff. The first thing Good. I did was we took a week off and just threw out a bunch of things. Bunch of crap. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You've got to. But it's like, I see, you know, when he was younger, he had this passion for life. Mm-hmm. yes he loved going to the forts and he loved his model cars he collected stamps that was another thing i have it i the have a stamp that. collection it's not yeah. worth that much by the way no no but he collected <laughs> them for fun he collected yeah. them for fun um he liked coins he liked his coin collections and mm-hmm. the stamp collections you asked me earlier about collections but his passion i i think his passions were really just for, you know, the wonderment of it all. And I don't think he had a focused direction growing up. He would like, oh, I like doing this. I like doing that. And that's where I think my parents should have given him a little more guidance. And the only thing they could come up with was military school, which did not go. Yeah. But when I, I look at each of you, there are little sparks because he was ambitious and he was a hard worker and he wanted to provide and give the best to you guys. Yes. He really did. I know we fell short, but at the end of the day, he does have that little house down in Florida for your mom and, and she seems to be doing well. Yeah. And I talk to her every now and then too and stay in touch. Yeah. So. You know, cause I, I it's funny you mentioned um, about sticking to one thing. Um, I think that's where, like, when I was growing up, my father forced me to learn how to stick with one thing and run with it. Because I would be because like, "What about he this? Did not. What about that?" Exactly, exactly. And he, I think he and, saw the mistakes that he made through me and, and did what he could to guide me. Right. You know, because like if you if you look at like Connie and Sterney, I mean, it's the numbers. It's staying with it. It's Pesci. It's the nursing, and you stay with it. And Mushki with her her school. I'm so proud of her and so glad that she moved up to yeah. New York, you know, and I understand she's seeing a lovely guy and he's coming to the wedding. And oh, Marlene, he is? that's what Aunt Marlene said. And Aunt Marlene <laughs> is bringing, Aunt Marlene is bringing her boyfriend. Oh, really? Wow. So she started seeing this guy, nice Jewish guy. And I'm so happy for all these people. Yeah. It's like, I walk on to Noah's Park and I'm the only one like just kind of walking along. <laughs> nah, you're fine. You're okay. It's, don't worry about it. You know it. what? I'm really, I'm really fine with that. I don't mind. I like just being on my own. I'm really good with that. Yeah. But um I I I want, you know, I think what your father tried to share with all of you was without saying it, like learn from my mistakes. Yeah. Don't do what I did. Yeah. And even in terms of your life partner choices um i love ruthie she's so awesome and i know that you made a great choice with her and (laughs) you had you know sometimes we have to go through things to get to the right person correct but that's that's important to him too yeah it's not having a flashy fancy life it's having a life and having one that you know your father can look down and go yep this is good. He's happy. Yeah, I think I think I, I you know it's funny because I just had I just I was speaking to Ruthie and 
she she really she gets annoyed by by my driven i'm not good enough attitude she's like see because that's your father <laughs> that is your father and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna be a ruthie right now yeah you are good enough. you are more than good enough yeah you are a you are a man with a heart with a soul and passion and you just use guide it in the right direction use ruthie to help you guide and focus it yeah yeah, it's just, but, I, I think, yeah. But that, you got, my, see, that was his whole thing. My brother did not feel he was good enough. No. He never felt, and that lack of confidence is what led to some bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. And I understand that. And I think that's where, for me, it's not that I don't have a lack of confidence. I do. I just ask myself, where do I gauge the fact that I lived a successful life? Ah, but that's an internal, okay? And how do you describe success? Because success, yes, is financially, like I don't have a big debt. I can take care of my life. That's successful. But I have a wonderful wife. I have nieces and nephews who love me. I have an aunt who loves me. Yeah. And surrounding yourself with those that love you, that's a success. I, I, I don't want to be cheesy or anything like that, but I think that's, I don't know, it's like a, a, a lame teenager, but that's the most boringest way of like, I don't know, for me, I'm just trying to like, I'm trying so what to. Do you, you see, what do you see as success? What do you see as success? I'm going to sound like an egotistical prick, but. No, go ahead, do it. Being known, I'm not judging it. being known for who I am throughout the world and being understood as someone that can be taken seriously and that does have the right opinions and that knows what they're talking about. And in a lot of aspects of things can be, I guess, utilized immensely for various requirements or needs or, or. Okay. Particular so stuff. in what path do you think now Van Gogh was never understood or respected during his life. And he's a phenomenal artist that we, that we look at now. So, to be recognized in your lifetime, you know, Al Capone but, was recognized in his lifetime. So. And then he died of syphilis. That's yeah, that's why you... for me, it's more <laughs> of like, I want to, I have an artistic path. I've done artistic pieces of work. You know, they're hanging up in my wall. Um, they're on my... Do you, do you want them to hang up in a gallery? Do you want to put have... together a book of your drawings and write little stories to each one publish it i'll help you is that what you want i, I and this this, this is my challenge this is my challenge because it's okay like, i'm ready i'm ready for the challenge the thing is is that like i can I, I can take my pieces and and put them in like a gallery so to speak or i could just let someone discover it when i'm dead Why? i don't know there's an adventure to that you mentioned van gogh <laughs> That 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 in, in itself is part of the like it, weird inspiration okay. in my head. Okay, so here's 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 another reality to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. If to honor yourself and to, to take your artwork, write a little story for each piece or some continuity of it. Find a story within all the pieces. Mm -hmm. Put it together. And even if you only make a book for yourself, yeah, 
and put it on the cocktail table. And then when you die, they'll see it and they'll go, oh, we could publish a million of these. You know what? I I, I like it. I like the okay. idea. But I that's figure... what I think you should do. I yeah. Because you can take Shutterfly and they'll take those pictures, and, but write a story with them. Mm-hmm. And you can, you'll find the story within the pictures. If you look at them, they will create a story. How many pictures do you have, you think, that you would want to put in the book? Ten? Uh, I have to think about this. I have one, two, three, four, um, I have a lot of sketches, but I don't, I mean, I have a few, I, I have a stuff for, for my portfolio that I use. They're my uh-huh. architectural portfolio, but it's just like, I don't know. Um, All right, so here, I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no, I'm just, I'm just thinking. Give you a challenge. I'm going to give you a challenge. Okay, okay. I want you to come up with and create 20 pieces of art. Okay. In any medium. Stick okay. to, but have them all the same size so that we can create a book. Ugh. And those 20 pieces of art. Yeah. Oh. Find a theme and do the story. What? Oh, so I actually, we we could talk about this after uh, after the podcast because I think we're going off a tangent. And I, I okay. think that. Right. But here's the thing, going back to your dad. Yeah. This is what he would have wanted to do. This is what he wanted. He was a writer. He yeah. was an artistic, tormented soul, if you will. Sadly, when he's yeah. in his teen years and yeah. So I would go back to those writings, see what you can salvage. Okay. And that's what you base your book on. Uh or something. See, Find I'll, a couple I'll, lines. I have I so here's the thing. And, and I guess if this is talking about a project, I, I I'm gonna have to either edit this whole piece out or do something. Whatever, it's fine. But we'll, uh, maybe I'll just say forget it. We'll just put I'll put this in. But but my main focus when it comes to the 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 themes is I don't think I want to put a theme in it, or I want to create a story on the things I've already created, which I've already had enough pieces, and I mm-hmm. think I can go ahead and work on something that can kind of tie them all in. Yes, because everything's a journey. Everything is a focus. Like it, like it, you yes. can find the pieces if you're looking for them. So I have exactly. pieces already. I think I have to just write write up the collection of understanding of what I'm trying to do. Um, and that, you know what? That's the title of the collection of understanding. Ooh, good one. Collection of understanding. That's your title. And it can be even understanding your dad. Like the reason you're doing this is you want to understand your dad. It's funny. Cause and I always, I, yeah, it's, it's, he, I think it could have been so much different for him if he had just gotten a little more love and support from my father. I, I can't get away from that. Yeah. And um, and that's what breaks my heart the most. Like when you, you know, the skill he wanted to learn, he was learning it. And my father wanted him to go to pharmacy school, but that was not who he was. He didn't. He wanted to run the business, but he. You hire a pharmacist. And my father was insistent that, no, you've got to be the pharmacist. No, you don't. Yeah. And I've learned more now that you don't. And there are more people that, you know, they own all these businesses and they hire people. 
he didn't have to be a pharmacist and he was miserable going to school. He did not, he was not an academic in that sense. No, I he think he's learning what he wanted to learn. He was, it wasn't learning what he, it was learning what he wanted to learn, but it was, you know, that's why I, I remember being, when I first went to school and started doing architecture and one of the, one of the, the requirements I had to do was I had to take a 24 inch by 36 inch piece of paper and write all the ABCs and like an entire paragraph, all this stuff in a quarter inch lettering or an eighth inch lettering and like all these things. I was very meticulous. So I did it. No questions asked, just did it. Right. And my dad was very proud of me doing it because he saw how much attention to detail I was doing to something right. and how much passion and care I had to do. And I went through right. four four years of architecture school. I, it was a three-year master's. And I took the last year and split in half. And I asked my dad, like, how long was technically pharmacy school? He's like, about a year and a half, two years. And like, he, I'm like, how, long, how far did you go? He's like, one semester, I think. Is that my second? Yeah. And that was it. He dropped out. And he's he done. hated it. And, and like, and like, I get it now. It's like, if you really care about something, you'll go to the depths of the world right. for it. If you do not care about it, forget it. I don't care. And and that's funny because I, I was interning at this one office, architecture office, and I had to do some like work for the accounting office and I couldn't stand it. It was, I just, I, I, I couldn't stand doing it. But when it came to architecture stuff, I could do it all day, you know? Right. And right. It's like, like I couldn't do what Honey and Dave and like and and what Sterling does the numbers that that's so boring to me. It's <laughs> like I cannot do that. I cannot Nerds. do that. I calculate the numbers when I need to, but I like selling. I like negotiating. That's what I'd like. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and I think my my dad had a lot of passion for Judaism for sure. A lot of passion mm -hmm. for Chabad. A lot of passion for yes. his kids. Um, yes. I think. I think he put his life in his kids. I put it. I think he put his dreams in his kids. Um, and that I, is the key. He took. He put his dreams. That's why it's so important for you to fulfill your dream, because that's completing your father's wish. Yep. Yep. It's no. I. 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 I understand. You know. I think. I think when it comes to doing what you're passionate about, doing what you love. You know, I, it's so funny and, 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 and so I'm trying to find a better word for this, but like cliche, but cliches are there because it's so consistent. They're true. And true. <laughs> so true. Yeah. It's so true. Like, like that's why I'm thinking of like now in my head, after our conversation and even before then I was even speaking to Ruthie um, you know life isn't about all these big wins like with these big projects and being some star architect mm -hmm. it's really just about enjoying your life with the people that you love and within that if you somehow accomplish a successful career then it's a double win but and, and that's really where I'm getting at where it's just like um you know, I'll I'll put in my 40, I'll get the job done, I'll work very hard and very diligent, but my main focus is my family. And I and, and I hope I great. and I hope I, I I hope I continue that, God willing, you know? And that and you know I don't want you to think that you're less than. I think that's the most dangerous feeling that people can have is that when they don't feel like they're enough. It's like you don't deserve anything more. Yeah. And that's not true. 
That's not true. No, I agree. I agree. Um, you know. see we have about almost six minutes, so we can still talk some more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you have anything I'm else? I'm going to look at this. Um, Maybe second. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the parts of your father that I see in, in you, each of you has a different germ of it, if you will. And there are parts of you, Saja, that I see Zalman. And if I can tell you what I tried to tell your father is that you are valuable. You are important. Yeah. You do deserve everything that you want. Yeah. And it's, I want you to really get that. Okay. And, you know, like, do you like the where you're working now? Do you like the company? Are you doing well? Yeah. Yeah. For you, sure. And, and that's, you know, that's what your father's going to want for you. Yeah. Because I think sometimes in personality, you remind me the most of him. It's my passion. Yeah. Yeah. And my no it fucks really given. Is. And, and you know what? You're straight talker, straight from the mouth. You know, like, this is it. Um, but I know you've got my father's green eyes, but you look a lot like my brother. And Menachem looks like him when he was younger. Menachem, oh, yes. When Menachem, I Menachem, yes. Oh, my God. Sure. Menachem looks like him when he was really young. Yes. And that was... Yes. You know what's funny? Um, there was this one moment I was... Um, this was years ago. Uh, when I had to wheel my dad to uh, Shul, and I was, I took, I put him in in the chair. I went ahead and locked the door of the house, and was about to, and on my way to wheel him. And my dad told me, he's like, you know, for a split second, you look like my father. Wow. Yeah. 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 Interesting. You know, and that's, you know. And that's, that's family. And yeah. in my, the more you resist, the more it persists. There's no getting around it. We are who we are. Yeah. But when you're feeling that dark place and when you get, get to that point, just know you're not alone and to reach out and call because yeah. I, I, I would talk to your dad and, and there were times especially towards the very end and I was, I told him, I said, get up out of that wheelchair. He goes, I can't, I can't. And yeah. I don't know. I, I, I wish I had seen him. I was just, you know, that was the hardest part for me. The, the hardest part, I remember I wanted to see him before he passed away. And I was with my, I was home, but my other brother was there. Um, was you who to there? No, Yosef. Well, Yosef, Yosef was, was there. there. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yosef was there with for me. Okay. Yeah. And unfortunately, with his dementia, he had an episode. And like, that's it, I asked. I asked Yosef, like, hey, what? Like, what? what like, like what I wanted happened? to be there. Um, we'll talk off the air. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't even know he had dementia. I knew he had many strokes. No, no, but no. But I no. didn't he know. Had, you didn't know. No, he had, yeah, he had dementia. 
Um, Nobody shared that with me. Well, what, what happened? What, we only got like a minute left, and I'll call you. I'll tell you. I'll call you afterwards, and we'll discuss. Okay. But um, yeah, what happened was he had dementia. It turns out for like a, quite a while, but it was undetected because the main signs of dementia is literally my dad's personality. So I realized there was a problem when I was at home and my dad forgot to pick up my sister from school. And I'm like, he, he never forgets. And I told him like, guys, something's up. You need to get a scan, get it done. I was of course ignored as the middle child. Um, and uh, I knew my dad had vertigo and he knew he had vertigo and I tried to get him to get that taken care of. It wasn't taken care of. So with various other pieces that like weren't taken care of, like, unfortunately, that's when everything went down south. COVID hit and then he was isolated, which made everything way worse. And then that's how he passed away. You know, and and that's that's a life. That's just the way it works. Um, I thought he got COVID and that's part no, of how he passed. not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, but yeah, it, that such is life. That's how it works. You, you work your hardest and then it's over. Any last words? I miss him. I miss the person I would talk to. Yeah. I still talk to him, but yeah. I guess he hears me a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. Thank you so much for doing this, Sacha. I appreciate no it. Anytime. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Thank you, and I love you. Love you, you too. Bye. Bye. After he had journeyed, his feet were sore, and he was tired. He came upon an orange grove, and he rested. And he lay in the cool room, and while he rested, he took to himself an orange and tasted it. And it was good. And he felt the earth to his spine, and he asked. And he saw the tree above him, and the stars, and the veins in the leaf, and the light and the balance and he saw magnificent perfection whereon he thought of himself in balance and he knew he was of those he angered, for he was not a violent man, and he thought of those he hurt, for he was not a cruel man, and he thought of those he frightened, for he was not an evil man, and he understood, he understood himself, on this he saw that when he was of anger, or knew hurt, or felt fear, it was because he was not understanding, 
and he learned compassion. And with his eye of compassion, he saw his enemies like unto himself. And he learned love. Then he was answered.